Hello, my name is uh, Peter Leonard, and my new book is called Raylan Goes to Detroit. Uh, I've borrowed my father, Elmore Leonard's iconic character, Raylan Givens. I took him out of Harlan County, Kentucky, and brought him to the Motor City. Great, great. Um, my name is Martin J. Weiss, or Marty Weiss, and my new book is called Flamingo Coast, and it's a financial crime thriller that... Um, is is uh, focused on a uh, former IRS agent who gets an opportunity to go off the grid and uh, to a place that harbors some of the biggest financial cr uh, criminals in the world, and um, it's out this month. So, um, Peter, um, you know it's funny because I have uh, your father's uh, ten ten uh, what is it ten rules about writing on my desktop. <laughs> and, and number one is uh, don't start with the weather, but I'm, I'm going to break that rule and start with the weather here. Um, are you in Michigan? Yes. Yeah. It's, uh, it was 11 below when I woke up this morning, minus two now. Wow. Okay. Because I'm in California and I was freezing this morning when I, went, I took the kids to school. It was about uh, 55 degrees. You poor guy. <laughs> so that's what we complain about in California. <laughs> so I've heard. Yeah, and but I grew up in Chicago, so uh, I know cold. You get it, yeah, yeah. So, so uh, if it's okay with you, let's let's start there. You you have uh, a father who was uh, a famous literary figure. What are some of the advantages of, or disadvantages of that now that you are a uh, full time author? Well, uh, my father casts a long shadow, and. Uh, you know, anytime I write a book, uh, his name is mentioned. You know, I can't get away from him, and I understand that. Uh, he's uh, he was a famous guy. He wrote forty five novels, and uh, I came into this very late in life. I, I was in the advertising business. Uh, I owned an agency for th about thirty years, and decided that uh, I was bored with what I was doing, writing ads primarily, and uh, I stopped at my father's. Uh, one evening after making a pitch at Volkswagen and uh, he was writing a book called the hot kid and he was wearing a, a nine inch nails t-shirt and mm -hmm. Levi's and uh, Birkenstocks smoking a cigarette and he was excited. He had a bounce in his step and uh, I, I felt like the dad. I was in a blazer with a tie and mm -hmm. uh, I decided that if I was ever going to write, I better get to it. So, uh, I don't know, six months later, I began writing the first novel, Quiver, and it, it came out a year after that. And, uh, you know, I was really so excited about it just to see your book, you know, in a bookstore when we had bookstores. It was, uh, yeah. just, it was terrific. It was wonderful. And that got me going. I left the advertising business two, two years later, and I've been writing fiction ever since. So I've written actually, uh, nine novels. Uh, I just finished one and, uh, and eight have been published. That's very quick. But you, you must have thought about writing novels beforehand, having uh, grown up the way you did. Um, did you procrastinate or did you, you know, did it uh, uh, marinate for a while or, or, or you, know, did, you know, was it weighing on you for a long time? Well, I, I took a couple creative writing classes in college and really Loved it. And uh, I sent my father a short story after I graduated. And uh, it was a six-page story, and he wrote me a three-page three critique. 
the gist of which was your characters are like strips of leather drying in the sun. They all look and sound the same. So, <laughs> you know, that took the wind out of my sails. I didn't, I didn't write another word of fiction for probably 20 years. And, uh, it wasn't really because of that. It was because I, you know, I, I had to make a living. I was married, I had kids. And, uh, so, you know, decades passed so fast. And, uh, and then I started to think, well, I want to write a novel. I have an idea. And, uh, so that's kind of how it, uh, transpired. It's kind of interesting. I, I have young kids and, and I find it hard to write at home, but, um, I, I, I've often wondered what my kids think, you know, about having a dad writing at home and, and how nut, nutty it must seem. I mean, what, what was your impression of your father when you were growing up and you had brothers and sisters, I take it? Yes. Yeah. Uh, it, my father was always writing. Uh, and I have my, my earliest recollection was I was probably eight years old and my dad wrote in the basement in this cinder block room. Uh, it looked like a prison cell. And, uh, he would be lost in conversation as I came into the room and I would see these uh, yellow balls uh, of paper around the wastebasket, shots that missed, scenes that didn't work. And He wrote uh, by hand then? He wrote longhand on uh, yellow unlined paper. And, mm -hmm. uh, so that was my you know, probably the first recollection I, I recall. And then I mean, everywhere we went, he was writing. We'd go to Florida with other families at Easter, and uh, everyone was out by the pool. The parents are all drinking vodka and tonics and smoking cigarettes, and my dad was sort of off on his own writing. And uh, and that's just, you know, that's what I remember. He was lost in thought. I had uh, a couple of buddies over one day. We were watching a football game, listening to uh, a Jimi Hendrix album, and my dad was 15 feet away, and he said, I wrote eight pages of Valdez's coming while you guys were making noise. And I said, how could you do that? I mean, that's incredible. But uh, he had amazing uh, powers of con concentration. That's amazing. Did, did any of your brothers and sisters uh, uh, turn to writing, or, or do your children have any aspirations? Uh, my son, Tim, oldest son, has written a couple of scripts, and uh, he actually uh, made a movie. He directed it, and, uh, and I don't think it's gone anywhere. But uh, my, I have a younger brother, Chris, who was writing a novel, and uh, he was on page you know, 65, and, um, and a year later, he was on page 72. So it, it just didn't work for him. Right, right. And he's a he's a good writer. He writes good letters and good emails, but uh, it just uh, his first foray into fiction didn't work. And I think that was it. He kind of gave it up then. So, Peter, I, I also started in advertising early in my career, and it's it's an interesting business, and and uh, people have a lot of different experiences. But it's it's such a a, a different business model than than uh, books are. Um, how would you say the experience helped you or hindered you or, or, you know, it, it, a lot of people I think have an easier transition because you're creating content as is, but uh, it's a very different, different uh, form. So what, what's your take on that? I, I, you know, I didn't think it, it helped me at all in writing fiction. Um, you know, I'm familiar with your commercials. I was just looking at them earlier and, uh, and you told stories in, in, in some of the commercials. And uh, so I can see how that would uh, 
you know, probably uh, lead to writing fiction, perhaps. Um, but for me, it just it just didn't uh, have anything to do with it. And uh, and I, uh, I after writing ads for all the years, I, I was so tired of it and tired of the the ad managers at these the companies that I work for, and uh, they just sometimes didn't get it. You know, oftentimes didn't get it. They'd pick the worst of three ideas. So you must have gone through that too. You know, I came from it from a very different angle because I started. Uh, I went to film school. I went to um, NYU uh, first, and I, with aspirations to make movies, and I kind of fell into advertising. I, I like I said, I grew up in Chicago, and and I had a, a great job at a, a large advertising agency um, making commercials, and it was fun. And I, and I was very young, and um, I, I got to do filmmaking, and I got to uh, they allowed me to direct some commercials, which did well enough to build a reel and then pursue a, fil- a directing career, which is how I started it and segued that into making feature films. So it was a great way to get um, the experience of, of filmmaking experience. But I never approached it with an ad hat on. I never thought, hmm, how can we sell more products here? I thought about, like you said, my commercials are mostly storytelling. I always took a cinematic approach and said, hmm, how can I make this into a cool movie? How can I make it funny? How can I make it, how, how can I, uh, make it look great? Um, and I, I didn't focus on uh, so much, although that was, you know, everybody that you worked with, the whole committee, what, you know, everybody had a different role. Somebody was concerned about how the product shot looked and somebody else was concerned about, you know, the budget, whatever. Sure. Um, yeah. And and I just played the role of the uh, the person trying to make it entertaining. And it, it was a good experience, but it also proved to be somewhat frustrating because I, I wanted to tell stories. So um, that led to screenwriting and, and film directing and then, ultimately novels. I got a kick out of the uh, Naomi Campbell commercial with the panning dog who to me represented all men when they saw <laughs> her, you know, it was, it was really good. Well, you know, it was fun. Um, I did a lot of, a lot of work. That was a, an Italian advertising agency and, and we shot that in, I think Milan or Rome. We did a, we did a series of those. Um, so we shot them at different times. Uh, but whenever I worked in Europe, it was it was a much different experience than shooting a commercial in the United States. They, they weren't so nervous. They let the director, or as they called it, the regista, um, <laughs> kind of do his own thing or her own thing. And uh, so it was, it was it was a much more freeing experience and, and a lot of fun. Your Renault spots certainly bear that out. I mean, they're, they're yeah. great. You you just see so many things. It, it looks like a movie. You know, it's so well shot. Both of them are. And, Thank you. And, th- and that's how I approached it. And, and they hired me because I was American, because they wanted a um, kind of a road movie uh, sensibility to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, again, it was, it was shot on the road. We shot. That was a neat. Um, that was a great experience because it was an ongoing co- campaign that was a continuing story. And they were they were thirty second commercials. I think what's on on my website are ninety uh, second movie trailers or something something that they used in the theater. But they were ten or eleven individual commercials at first, thirty second commercials that were an ongoing continuing story that were sh- shot throughout a year or two at different different places. And we got to shoot. Uh, gosh, I remember uh, first ones were in Spain. Then we went to Dublin. Um, 
Amsterdam, Italy. So it, it shot all over Europe and it, it uh, it was one of my favorite experiences in uh, making commercials just because of that. But it, it absolutely was a uh, supposed to feel like a, a film, and that, that's why uh, it was such a great experience for me. Were, and those, as you know from advertising, those experiences are rare. Yes, are they ever? Most of the commercials you have have, have rules and regulations and, and uh, very strict budgets. Right. The uh, Little Caesars spot that I looked at, too, is very funny, and, uh, you know, that's a, uh, a company that is uh, here in Detroit, you know, started here, and uh, so I, I uh, was amused by that, I have to say. Actually, I shot some commercials uh, very close to your home. I'm trying to remember. I think it was Blue Cross Blue, Blue, Cross, Blue, Blue Shield uh, that we wound up shooting in, in fall in Michigan uh, outside of Detroit, and... Um, I remember how beautiful it can be. It really can, yeah. Uh, I love the seasons, and uh, so it's uh, you know, that changing uh, look outside. Uh, yeah. Tell tell me this: uh, you then went on to write screenplays. You know, I, I um, really went on to direct films first. I, I, I do everything backwards, so. Um, I start. I, I was doing commercials, and and uh, I, I was pushing for the more cinematic commercials. So I, so with the with you know the eye, and my my first commercial company was actually at Sony Pictures. They had a commercial division, so I was able to kind of sneak in that way. My first film was a John Carpenter film uh, uh, sequel to his Vampires uh, that we shot in Thailand, and. Uh, but it had nothing to do with uh, me being having a commercial company there. It, and that experience was a great filming experience, but um, of course they wouldn't let me change the story. And I was frustrated with the type of um, scripts that were being sent to me. So I started writing my own and that segued into screenwriting, which um, is a, a weird situation. When I had a, I had a screenplay under development at Amazon studios a few years ago and one thing led to another where I wound up novelizing it. And that uh, led to me loving that experience and saying, wow, uh, you don't have to get financing for a, for a novel. You don't have to wait for a studio to green light it. And you can tell your story. So I, I really dove in and, and started working on um, building that. And I also uh, went to the um, International Thriller Writers Convention called Thriller Fest. Have you ever been there? No. It's, it's in New York every summer, and ITW is a great organization. And I went that summer that I did that novel on a screenwriting panel, and I met so many novelists, and, and I met my agent that year and, and, and just saw a business model that I really liked that was akin to making movies, but, uh, you know, approaching it from a different angle. And, and, and so I just learned everything I could and, and started, you know, working on my, no my first novel. You're right. I, the uh, the idea that you don't need anyone, you can you can do it anywhere, and uh, it's very satisfying. I think it really it really is, and and it's neat. And there's a, there's a different um, respect for writers than screenwriting, and and I don't mean that in a negative way because the process of making a, a movie is what it is. And you, I know your father's several of the books were adapted, and, and I'm sure he had various experiences, but finish your novel and you have to get it, you have to get it ready to be published and then it goes to an editor. And 
it, it gets pretty far along. Whereas when you're developing a film, there are so many factors involved, whether it's the budget or you're writing out of the budget or, uh, you know, a big actor gets involved and, and wants to change it for various reasons. And, and, and so it does, it does change more often and it does get out of your control a little bit more. My father uh, told me about, um, Dustin Hoffman, who wanted to appear in uh, Get Shorty, and uh, he wanted to change things, and uh, so, uh, you know, my father just said, no, I can't do this, and Dustin, you know, just sort of went away, and uh, and the movie turned out great, I thought. It was great. It was a great movie. Classic. How does um, your advertising background... Uh, affect your your approach to how you market your books um well advertising has changed so dramatically since i was in it i mean it's uh they're just it's all online uh much of it is online and uh you know i don't see many print ads i don't see many magazines so um i typically leave it up to the publicist to, you know, do most of the work. I'm willing to appear uh, to do podcasts, uh, interviews, and uh, I guess I don't really know what to do. What do you do? You know, it's a mystery to me. <laughs> That's why I'm asking. You know, it's, it's uh, you sort of try everything, right? And, and there's a lot available now. And like you said, advertising has gone online. So has a lot of every business, including how people read and how people hear about books. So, you know, there, there's, of course, social media, there's, uh, there's forms of advertising, there's, there's ways of, uh, you know, bookstores are still thriving and bookstore appearances and, and, and discussions and signings and things happen. I don't know how effective they are. And, um, I, you know, I always wonder about that. And I think also, it's changing so fast we almost can't get a grip on it. But some people build brands just like like a product. They build brands of, of, of themselves, and somehow it cuts through. And I guess it's just book by book. And, I, you know, I'm, it's always a mystery how, whether you're talking about a commercial, a movie, or a book, how, how do things catch fire? I'm always fascinated by it because, to me, it's always something that you think is going to, you know, be a blockbuster isn't and vice versa, you know. It's, yeah. it's, it's very often a surprise what things do attract attention of people. And we as, you know, authors or writers always think of the setting and think of, uh, you know, the, the concept or, the, you know, whether it's in a commercial or a movie or a book. Is it a high enough concept? Is it going to appeal to people? Is it um, interesting enough? Is it timely? Um, all those things. And, and you try and you test your concepts with people when you're when you're writing things. You tell people what you're writing, and you could see you could, you could detect their their response if it's interesting or if their if their eyes are rolling back. Um, you, you could you sort of sense something and you get a feeling about what you're working on. And and for for me, a lot of concepts I'll start out and I'll just dump because they just don't they just don't stand or stick. But um, when once I once I do commit to something, then I go you know full in. But the response is always. In, I mean, you and I both have uh, books that are coming out right now, and you don't know what the response is going to be, and it's exciting and it's also nerve wracking. It really is, yeah. And uh, you know, I, I like to to read the reviews, and and sometimes they're good, and sometimes they aren't. And uh, you just 
it's the business. You got to just uh, take it. You know. Are you talking about professional reviews or like Amazon reviews? Uh, professional reviews. Yeah. And, and you always have to wonder who's reviewing from from these companies. It's it's an individual, right? Right. One person. So. Yeah. You know, and it is interesting to hear what, you know, but, you know, I always have some test readers, too, and, and you get a good sense from that that as well, don't you think? Yes, definitely. I, I have done really well in, uh, in England, uh, gotten incredibly great reviews that I used to read to my father. Peter Leonard uh, is as good as his, his father. Uh, this <laughs> new, you know, and so I would read that to him. Elmer would just kind of look at me like, huh? <laughs> That's great. Yeah, he wasn't buying it. Tell me about uh, Flamingo Coast. Well, look, first, let me give you, I read it. I read it, and uh, I was impressed. Uh, it starts right up. You grab the reader uh, in the first scene and don't let go. And, uh, and I thought you're, it was very suspenseful, and your, your plotting uh, keeps the reader off balance. You think you know what's going to happen, and then you pull the rug out. So I was impressed and uh, really enjoyed it. I have to just say that first. Well, thank you. Well, let's stop there then. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so how did you uh, come up with this idea? Mm, you know, I, I was thinking about that the other day because when I come up with an idea, usually it, it doesn't come from one thing. It comes from, from different places. One of them had to do with my father who passed away many years ago, but he was, uh, he was a CPA. And, you know, I, I, I was thinking about, an IRS character just because nobody likes an IRS person. Right. And I was thinking, thinking what, what would make somebody with a financial background become one? What, you know, they can make money doing something else. They can make a lot more money than working for the government. And what would motivate them? That was, that was one nugget that I wanted to explore. And that in the main character, she gets fired early on in the book. So, um, she's too, she's too aggressive of an IRS agent and, uh, that then she takes off to what had motivated her and, and it plays out through the book. So that was one thing that really interesting, interested me. But the other thing that I like to write about is a world that interests me. And, and this is a financial crime thriller that, um, I started to read a lot about offshore banking, um, and financial crimes that fascinated me and, and escapism people that, uh, hide their money and disappear. I actually found some really weird books online that I don't even think they're distributed anywhere, but they were about hiding money and how to, how to actually do it. And I thought that was fascinating. And also, um, there's some history in the book that, that parallels, the story that you read about later on, because it has to do with um, one of the characters uh, towards the end. And that history about the IRS many years ago and some of their investigations into offshore banking are actually true, true stories. And some of, some of the overlapping CIA getting in the way of the IRS uh, was actually based on a true story. That was plausible, I thought. It was real. It was very very real. But people don't talk about it, and it's a little bit of a spoiler alert, but it's it's how the Iran-Contra affair was was truly exposed. People don't know that. It it probably wouldn't have been exposed if the IRS hadn't made that mistake. So I thought that was really interesting. 
So, so that's my long answer to, to where it came from. But I, I approached it from different angles, and then I did a lot of research. It expanded. It has taken different forms. Um, it's, it's been optioned, I think, four times as a movie and a TV show. Um, and I think, it, I think it could be a series. So oh, I could see it, yeah. Could go on. But, Great uh, character, uh, female lead, Jennifer Morton. Mm-hmm. She's good, strong, and uh, smart, impressive. And very flawed. And, and she does, thank you. And she does, uh, she, she does learn why she is the way she is in the end. And that, that, to me, is an interesting character. Somebody that starts up, you know, um, kind of extreme at the beginning, but learns why toward, towards the end. And that, that was a lot of fun for me. Yeah, her character arc was good. And uh, the twists were good too you know the i thought i knew it was going to happen and i was wrong oh good <laughs> that's a good thing that that and as you know as a, as a as a crime writer and a thriller writer uh that that's not easy to do do you um do you start with your endings do you start uh with your beginnings i usually know um the beginning and the end and but how i get from you know part a to part b is the fun that's you know that's the story and uh i don't write an outline i just uh i do write longhand first but uh, i don't i don't have an outline i just uh let the characters begin and uh tell the story so your so your new book um raylan goes to detroit is uh, it's 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 characters that your that your father created how how was that as an experience well it was actually kind of a fun experience. Uh, I I read um, Riding the Rap and uh, Pronto and uh, Fire in the Hole that became the basis for the uh, TV show Justified. And uh, I read my dad's last novel that came out in, in um, 2012, simply called Raylan. So I felt comfortable uh, stepping into his boots and putting his hat on and uh, taking my shot at developing him. Uh, I mean, there was a precedent established when uh, uh, the TV show was going, and uh, there were, I don't know, half a dozen writers, and uh, so they they were telling uh, their Raylan stories for six seasons, and so I just thought, well, you know, I can do it too, why not? Well, you also have a very punchy writing style, so it's, it's, it's not unlike your father, so uh, it worked for me. Great, excellent. You know, it's it, it's great, and uh, it's great what you're doing. And, and man, you're you're very prolific. Uh, you said how many books in the last what ten years? I've written um, nine, and in nine and nine years, and uh, I've got another one that I'm that I began that I can't wait to get to. In the meantime, I have uh, been writing uh, TV uh, episodes for a couple of series and uh, I took my latest novel and uh, wrote a pilot in episode two and then a synopsis of episodes three through six and sent them to my agent at Anonymous Content and uh, so you know what I've learned is that selling a book to Hollywood is tough and uh, that I don't know you, you probably you obviously had a different experience but I, I don't think people read, and uh, so I thought, well, if I'm going to sell anything, I've got to put it in a in a format that people will 
that people are familiar with and people will read. So that's what I've done. It's kind of a diversion for me. And uh, You know, I think Hollywood does scour because they're always looking for something interesting. However, when it, when it comes to, you know, the, everybody says things need to be based on some, some other material because it has a, it has a base. They're looking for books in general that have sold really, really well. But you, you could still look at a lot of very prolific and big authors and they, they're not made into movies and you wonder why. And I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure, you know, if it's not unique enough or if it's, you know, and the other, the other big change in Hollywood is TV is, is, is much more, how do I say prominent <laughs> or, yeah, or it's, it's great. You know, it's, it's really become the thing, which is more like a novel, right? Because yes. it, it's long layered stories that have various subplots and through lines. And, and so it's, 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 it's more akin to novel writing than, than a, a screenplay yeah, is really. Definitely. Yes. You, you know, so I, I think, um, I was just talking to another author who was doing the same thing as you, you're doing, which is he was writing a, um, a TV pilot for, for uh, his novel and, and, and taking that approach and then trying to get a showrunner involved. But, um, it, you know, TV, just like movies, always it, it's always a needle in a haystack and it's a miracle when anything gets made. And, you know, you just have to keep putting stuff out there. There are so many places to sell the uh, content now and uh, and I think you know they're and you know, more and more are uh, merging and so content is king uh, as the uh, my agent tells me and uh, so it's probably a good time to be writing for TV definitely definitely are you are you writing TV on a series or are is that spec stuff no it's spec stuff okay so you're uh, you're putting it out there and uh, that that's good that's neat I wrote uh, five episodes of a series. I mean, I could write five more, but I see it as one season, kind of like uh, The Night Manager. Did you happen to see that? I have not. It's really, really good. Uh, John Le Carre story uh, that was uh, produced by two of his sons, and uh, I mean, it's it's top notch uh, television. Right. Well, that that's great. That's. Um that's that's neat. So how 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 was your experience writing TV compared to writing a book? Well, it's you know I think it's easier because it's really just scene descriptions and dialogue. So I've got I have all that, and uh, but you don't get in the head of the character. I think that's that's where it it isn't as satisfying. I mean you can a little bit, but uh, I think it's what people are thinking that uh, makes a novel writing you know more fun. Yeah. Yeah. You're going through it much slower. You're going through their, their, their experience a lot more because, you know, writing a, a TV pilot or, or a movie is, especially when you go back and forth from a novel to, to uh, something cinematic, it's very sparse. Yeah. It's very bare bones. And it's supposed to be. My father really disliked writing scripts. He wrote, I think a dozen. Uh, and uh, I think they were, all made into films, but uh, he said uh, to me one day, probably in the 90s, mid-90s, I'm never going to write a screenplay again. And then he said, Screen, screenwriters don't know how to write. I said, you're a screenwriter. He said, that's different. So, 
it's it's interesting. I think the the experience of screenwriting makes people more disciplined storytellers because they have to be because they 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 can't overwrite, they can't go beyond the page count, and they they without being formulaic, they have to hit every every beat and and turning point. You know, for the most part, they can they can vary somewhat, and there are some some movies that that. Uh, do things a little bit more experimental, but for the most part, um, they hit the basic elements of, of storytelling right on the head. And that, that's a good place to start that. And you came from commercials too. You have to tell a story in a very short amount of time. That's a good discipline, uh, before you expand out. Because I, I also see a lot of uh, novelists that, um, are, are beautiful prose writers, but they, they can, be quite boring because you're, the the story uh, wanders off. So I think it's yeah. finding the right balance that, that I agree. Uh, yeah, definitely. you have to aspire to. Are you writing another book? Yes, I'm forging through the next one, and and I you know I, I always try a different approach with with everything that I write. You know whether I outline or uh, I, I've also tried to write the screenplay first and then then do the novel with this one. I, I wrote a very detailed um, outline and then I threw it away and I've started writing. I'm, I'm a good hundred, hundred fifty, no, about 150 pages into it. And I just took a pause because I said, do I know where I'm going? <laughs> but, uh, but it's a, it's a neat concept and uh, it's a similar, similar genre, but it's not a continuation of anything that I've, I've written. Well, we'll be looking for it. Okay. All right. I think, I think they're asking us to uh, sign off here. So um, it's great talking to you. Yeah. Real pleasure. Uh, and maybe we will meet someday in LA. I, I hope so. Well, when you're here, absolutely. Give me a, give me a buzz and um, we'll do that for sure. Excellent. Great. Thanks, Martin. Great talking to you.